Sometimes when you're creating, whatever it is, it needs that special something extra. For bakers, it might be a certain ingredient, something that makes their cakes stand out. For Steve Lynch, a composer for TV and film, it's a particular sound. The sound of a harmonium. It's a type of reed organ instrument that has its origins in the 17th century, but was developed and patented at the end of the 18th century, before becoming pretty popular in the 19th and 20th centuries. But finding one in the 21st century, or to be more specific, one that works, well, that's easier said than done. On today's show, we're taking a road trip with Steve in search of that sound. I'm Liam Garrity. It's time to meet your maker. Excuse me. Meet your maker. Well, hey, how's it going? How are you? Look at you with your fancy zoom. <laughs> I thought you were coming from over there, and this ice cream truck started. I was like, if he's in an ice cream truck, oh. this is gonna be amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint. <laughs> Steve has been composing for about 14 years, and in that time, he has been adding all sorts of instruments to his collection. There's a thing with musicians where they're kind of like collector nerds. Like, I mean, if it wasn't musical instruments, it would probably be like vintage cars or buttons or coins or anything. Most musicians I know are kind of addicted to things like eBay and just searching for strange sort of things because you just always sort of, there's always something else you could have, some different sound you could search out. And today that sound is the harmonium. And one of the reasons Steve wants one is because he's composing the soundtrack for a TV series called On Klondike. In the US, on Netflix, it's known as Dominion Creek. It's all about three Irish emigrant brothers who travel to the Yukon in Canada, hoping to strike it rich during the Klondike gold rush. And I was thinking, okay, I want something that's going to stand out, that's going to be slightly different, and also that would fit the time period, because this thing is set at the turn of the century, and... It is conceivable, not necessarily likely, but it's conceivable that harmonias would have been around. And from a practical point of view, it's, it's something I can make drones with and sort of drony sort of noises with. It's a beautiful sounding instrument. And the more I started thinking about it, I, I just thought to myself, I gotta get one. So Steve had already composed the soundtrack for series one. And for series two, he was looking for that little something different. I went to my first portico was the back of beyond of Sligo in a... A farm in the middle of, like, middle, the roads, the grass roads turned to dirt roads. And then it was just, I was driving in a field pretty much by the time I reached this place. And there was a German guy there, and he had brought over harmonium from uh, Berlin. And it had died in the Irish weather. In the, the, the moisture had gone through and ruined this. It's, they're all made of wood, and everything was destroyed. So that, that journey wasn't very successful. So he begins trying to track down a working harmonium, or at least one he'd have half a chance at repairing. After many Google searches and scouring of specialised message boards, he gets a few leads. The problem was invariably that 
a lot of people see these things as just pieces of furniture because they're quite nice looking. So you'd ring someone up and they'd say, oh, it's in perfect condition. It's a beautiful piece. And you go down and it would literally not make a sound. But it looked polished. It did look nice in the living room. So there was a lot of failed adventures all over the country. I put in a lot of a lot of miles, a lot of tanks of petrol. Undeterred, Steve kept searching. Eventually, he came across this website that sounded promising. It was all about reed organs and harmoniums, and it was run by a father, Dara Connolly, a Catholic priest who restores them. He's just the guy. He, he is the guy, as far as I can tell. He knows about them. So I got in touch with him, and he straight away got back to me and suggested that I come up for a visit and um, see his warehouse and his harmoniums. So... I don't really know what to expect, but I'm pretty damn excited, I can tell you. <laughs> and I know, like, not many people are going to get excited about harmoniums, but me, I will. So this is really for me. This is Christmas for you. Yes, Christmas. Continue on M50 for six kilometres. Nearly there. We got a bit lost for a minute because I rely too heavily on, on Google Maps. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're approaching with great haste now. We're, we're nearly at Calvin, so... Do we know exactly where it is? Is it in the town or is it... Um, he told me to meet him in the Aldi car park. So I assume he lives somewhere where it's kind of hard to navigate to. Okay. But nearby. Either that or he lives in the Aldi car park. <laughs> Coming up after the break, Father Dara Connolly, the harmonium guru. This episode of Meet Your Maker is brought to you by Restored Hearing, a company changing the way the world hears by ridding it of avoidable hearing damage. Their founders, Rona Tower and Emer O'Carroll, developed Sound Relief, a tinnitus sound therapy which aims to reduce tinnitus severity within the first month of treatment. Emer and Rona have been friends since they were 15, so I wondered if it was tough to be friends and also run a company together. I would say it is never tough. I actually think it's ideal to be able to work with your best friend. They know you really well. They know what you're good at. They know when you need encouragement or support. They know how to build you up. It's great when you can go for wine after work. I mean, Emer is amazing. It's great to be able to work with her. My heart is so warm. <laughs> if you or someone you know suffers from tinnitus, try Restored Hearing Sound Relief app now with a free seven-day trial. No credit card details required. And if you like it, you can get $10 off your first purchase by using the code MAKER at the checkout. Got the collar. Hey, Dara. Hello. Steve, is it? Yeah. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. Nice to meet you. How, How are, are you doing? I saw when I saw. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit of a giveaway, all right. I knew there's, a, I knew there's radio accompaniment. So. <laughs> Father Dara Connolly is not what I was expecting. And, I mean, I don't really know what exactly I was expecting, but it wasn't Dara. He's this young, friendly, red-haired priest with a neatly trimmed beard and a passion for restoring reed organs and harmoniums. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I first heard the sound of this instrument accompanying Sean O'Reilly, this Cork down in West Cork. And I heard this sound in the background with these male voices singing and I was just enthralled with the sound. And I, th- I want to know, what, what is that? I was told it was a harmonium. I subsequently 
looked for one and found one. It was in unplayable condition. It was a fairly dire state. He got it anyway, but couldn't find anyone to restore it, which is when the director of music from his old seminary said, why don't you do it yourself? We were always kind of fairly handy or tricking around with something or other. So he went for it. This was during the pre-broadband era, so he ordered a book on restoration methods. It didn't use very good methods that I subsequently found out materials. The guy's philosophy was, use whatever you have, use whatever you can get your hands on, but that's not ideal, really, end up with restoring a thing in a way that's... Uh, Do you have a background in, in carpentry or, or anything? No, I, was all, I always enjoyed it. I never even got to do it in school. So uh, just unfamiliar with, as, as I would be with fixing anything. Like I, I was always messing with something, oh, always uh, tricking with something, like you see the odd clock around the place, and I was always into those as well, and can take one apart and put it back together, clean it. So I was always at something like that, or fixing things for yeah. people, and... <laughs> and he's done... <laughs> His second restoration was for someone else. It took me years to do it, partly because it needed an awful lot of things done to it that I hadn't previously done to the one I'd done for myself. I had to learn a lot of things. And when you're learning, you inevitably have to redo something several times. Mm -hmm. Utter frustration, beyond frustration, making mistakes, and it's somebody else's instrument. Like, if it's my own and I screw it up, so be it and so what. But this belongs to somebody else. So that took an awful lot of extra time. And then as well, I used to leave it lying for months at a time without even looking at it because I couldn't bear the sight of it. It was just crucifying me. Eventually, Father Dara completed his second restoration. The work, toil and time it had taken led his family and friends to offer him the following advice. Don't ever touch one of those again was the general attitude. You're a lunatic, leave it alone. But I had learned so much doing the second one, it was a shame not to put into practice what I had learned. At that stage as well, internet was more advanced than you could get all sorts of other online support and assistance from other read organ geeks around the world who will assist you at any point with any advice or information that you need. So I had that resource available to me at that point as well. So I restored another one when I moved to this place, which is about six years ago now. It belongs in a chapel up at the top of the town here, St. Clair's Chapel, and it was a reed organ that had languished at the back of that chapel for years, and I volunteered to restore it, and I did. It's a beautiful instrument. I didn't do the outside of it because that was beyond my skill set. It needed a lot of work and a lot of repairs that I couldn't do, but I did all the insides of it. So it's a little bit like in car terms, the body and the running gear. I built the, rebuilt the engine and the gearbox, but I left the bodywork and the respray to somebody else. Father Dara cannot resist restoring reed organs. It's like this impulse. He even has his own trailer to put them in. And one time a guy delivering him one had a second one in his van that he just wanted to get rid of. So he offered it to Father Dara. I can't take in all these <laughs> organs. Where, the, where am I going to put them all? But I couldn't turn it away. <laughs> So I took it in and I restored it then. That was the next one I restored. One that I bought another. Yeah, this one was a bit stupid, really. Now, this one I, I saw. It, do you think it's dangerous that you have your own trailer? Like, does uh, that get you into, into it, it is a bit dangerous, yeah. Because Although this one wouldn't have fit in it. This one I bought, <laughs> I, I was 
looked one night and I was getting on a plane to America the following morning. I looked and I saw, wow, this thing's in County Monaghan. That's only over the road. And it's a big beast of a thing. It's a big fake pipe top on it and very ornate looking gothic case on it with two manuals and a pedal board. Looked in absolutely disgraceful condition. It was beyond bad and was on sale for 250 euro. I thought, I'm getting in a plane in the morning. I won't be back for two weeks. What am I going to do? So... (laughs) I rang the guy from the airport in the morning and I said, look, I'm at the airport. I won't be back for two weeks. You're looking, if you still have it when I get back, I'll be in touch and we'll see. So all I can think about, like any obsessed geek about their hobby is 37,000 feet. Why the hell didn't I just tell him I'll take it and I'll send you the money. I'll get you the money and I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Can I pick it up then? So on Aer Lingus, they have Wi-Fi on the plane, so I just couldn't resist. There we are, cruising along at 37,000 feet across the Atlantic, and I'm doing a deal on a reed organ. So I emailed my father. It's the only mode of communication you can use on the Wi-Fi. He wasn't making calls or any of this. So I emailed him, and I said, look, I'm after making a very stupid mistake here. Is there any way you can help me out of it? Which is, will you phone the guy, tell him, look, I want it? Uh, Would you go to him with the money if he wants it to secure it? And as soon as I come back, I'll go for it. So he emailed me back, and there I was, sitting like a hen with an egg. <laughs> Just stupid, you know. But uh, he uh, emailed me back, and he says, it's done. It's yours. I was delighted. So there I was, happy happy as Larry. I was going for work, actually. <laughs> and uh, so there, so much I was thinking about my work, I was distracted by this. On the way back, I wanted to know what Steve had made of the visit. It's pretty amazing to the guy. He's not just about preservation and he's not just like a, a collector of beautiful things. He wants to sort of save... I'm not going to say it's a dying art, but it's 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 there's so few people who know who have expertise, and it, as he said, he wants to pass it on and he wants people to play the instruments, which I think is an incredible thing. Really, you know, it's rare you get to hear such an expert talk about anything like that. You know. All his instruments were just full of these beautiful tones that you you couldn't possibly hope to get for from a computer or from a church organ or from a modern Hammond organ you know it's it's you know, I'm gonna say it's unique I mean it's unlike anything I, I've played before over the next few months Steve kept up his search for a working harmonium he decided it would be too big a job to restore one himself And even if he got someone like Father Dara to do it, it'd probably be too time-intensive. And with the TV score to compose, time was not on Steve's side. But he kept in touch with Father Dara, consulting him on potential purchases. Until finally... I found one in Dunshocklin, and there was just an absolute fluke. The guy was moving house. He played it very well, but he just didn't have room in his new house. He wanted to bring a piano, and he decided not to bring the harmonium. So that was great for me. It just was in perfect condition. It's just, it, 
look at the draw, really. It came at just the right time. The focus of this really for me was to use it in the Tijikara series on Klondike. So it came just at the right time. I still had a couple of weeks left in the mix and I could actually get the sound of it throughout the whole show. It was uh, perfect. You may be thinking to yourself at this point, why bother? Why all the hassle? Why go on a year-long hunt for a harmonium when you could just get a computer to make the same sounds? But that would be missing the point. I have the sound of harmonium in my computer, but the fact that you have, you have to sit down and pedal this thing and pull out the stops, it just makes you play differently. Like it's, It sometimes makes you find something you wouldn't necessarily have found just by having the sound on your computer. It's it, it being in the room with you and making such huge noise and having all these options in front of you makes you think differently. That's for me why the search for the harmonium, which took a year, was really worth it, you know, because the end results are in my, it's, it's in my music now. And I compose better when I have all the stuff around me and I write differently when I have all the actual instruments there. And I, I don't think that'll ever change for composers. I think they'll always be searching. Meet Your Maker is presented and produced by me, Liam Garrity. Our theme song is by Breakmaster Cylinder. The music in this episode is from Steve Lynch's score for Series 2 of On Klondike, or Dominion Creek if you're in the US. Meet Your Maker is on Twitter at MeetYourMakerIE and Facebook, Meet Your Maker Podcast. So seek us out. And thank you so much to everyone who rated and reviewed us on iTunes. The response has been overwhelming and I really appreciate it. And one final thing, Meet Your Maker is made by just one guy, me. It costs money to produce a show like this because of all the time, travel and equipment involved. If you'd like to support the show, now you can. Just visit patreon.com forward slash meetyourmaker or just click donate on meetyourmaker.ie. You can pledge $3 a month for my eternal thanks or if that's not worth anything to you, pledge $5 and you'll have access to Meet Your Maker audio bloopers and guest anecdotes and other cool stuff. I love making Meet Your Maker and I want to keep making it. With your support, I'll be able to keep bringing you these amazing weekly stories told by incredible people. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Maybe white stripes or something? Let's put out a couple of stops here.